Hey guys, this is Jamie. Just before we start the show, just a little notification for you. We have remastered the audio on every single previous episode. So whereas you went in before and went, oh, this sounds like someone's talking to a sausage. Uh, we've used all kinds of different special tools. So do go back and give that a listen. Laugh on the train or the bus and tell all your family to listen. Okay, and now here is the episode. If you like movies and I'm here to say, then this is the show for you, okay? It's called the best movie to a Jamie Allentone, so don't touch that down, turn off your phone. Grab a sweet song, mix of popping corn, from Rosebud to Laughter to Jason Bourne, Mel Street to Kirk Russell to Dennis Hopper, and don't forget, y'all. Get to the Hello and welcome to the Best Movie 2 Pod, the podcast that tells you the best movie to watch in any given situation. For example, the best movie to watch if you're on death row is probably Marley and me, because then you can look forward to joining that dog up in heaven. Yay! On the pod this week, we've got comedian Sid Singh. Hi Sid, how are we doing? Hey man, how are you doing? Good. Ah, oh, thanks. No one ever asks me, actually. They're always thinking about themselves, so that's... Oh, I'm choked up on that. Hey man, uh, you book a comedian slash human rights lawyer, that's what you get, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, you're a human rights lawyer as well, aren't you? Yeah, technically. Uh, but you waste a lot of time doing comedy. Yeah, I'm also willing to work for the other side for once, <laughs> you know what I mean? What, hecklers? Yeah, sure. Hecklers, oil companies, you know. <laughs> Some people have to be against human rights, Jamie. Yeah, that's where I come know, in. There's no good without bad. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, every week we ask our guest first to go through the IMDb Top 100 <laughs> just to tell us uh, what their level of film knowledge is. Yours is pretty high, isn't it? It's uh, quite an impressive amount. Yeah, uh, how about this? I still think I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> but what is your score? <laughs> Out of the, this Top 100, very arbitrary list, 35. 35. <laughs> Again, but if you count, again, we said this off mic, but if you count the Bollywood remakes of some of these films, then I'm up to 37. <laughs> again, that arbitrary list is the IMDb Top 100 Movies of All Time. It's not just 100 that Jamie seems to have. No, my 100 would have just every single Bruce Willis movie, even the bad ones that he's done. Yeah, I, says, there's no Fast and Furious in this uh, goddamn <laughs> list, you know? Well, that's, I was going to say, what would you change about the list? Would you put all of the Fast and Furious movies in? I mean, I think you have to. I mean, maybe not one and two. <laughs> well, hang on. Too Fast, Too Furious. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it sets sets things up. It's the only movie Vin Diesel isn't in. That's why it's my favorite of all <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, well, you know, there is this thing, too, about those movies. There's almost a magic to no one being in all of them. We'll get, well, we'll get into them later, I think. I, think, <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I don't want to spoil right, anything. Yeah. yeah, we'll get... Uh, uh, okay, let's. While we're in that list, though, because yeah. that is, you are now officially the lowest ranked on the. <laughs> and that, I don't think that's going to be beaten for a while. No, until I bring can't. in like a corpse. <laughs> um, well, uh, okay, wait. I have a defense of this too, though, because I do think as comedians, certain movies you can't watch because you've already seen them parodied too often. Okay. Like I remember the first time I ever saw The Godfather to actually watch The Godfather, I was kind of like, I know every beat of this movie. Just from the parodies, from even like children's cartoons. Yeah, also, when you have a film that goes over two hours, like a lot of the time we're rushing from a gig to therapy, <laughs> we don't have time to watch that film. Not a chance. Yeah, I've not, I, have you, when was the last time outside of theaters you saw a movie from start to finish? Is this an appropriate question to ask on a movie podcast? <laughs> How dare you? That's quite a personal question. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I've been Sid Singh. Please follow me on those September plugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, luckily I watch films quite a bit here in our pod studio um, <laughs> because I don't watch TV. Like I've never seen The Wire, never seen The Sopranos. Uh -huh. I love telling people that. Have you seen The Sopranos? 
Uh, I've never seen the. I have seen episodes of The Sopranos. I've seen every episode of The Wire. I am much more of a TV guy than ah. a movie guy. Oh wow! So we're we're like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, hundred percent. We're gonna we're gonna make out and then kill ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> that was always the plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's unrelated to the similarities. <laughs> oh, sorry. Right. So the IMDb top one hundred list. Are there any on there that you think you would make a better protagonist than the main protagonist in that list? Well, I want to say Seven Samurai first of all. Um, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. <laughs> to be like the clumps. Every. <laughs> Yeah, Eddie Murphy's the Seven Samurai. <laughs> Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, that's just him naming three other samurai. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, uh, the the silliest answer is probably Whiplash, just because I had Indian parents. <laughs> uh, true story. I watched this movie with my father. He fell asleep in the last ten minutes and was like, "No, I get it. There's just a story about the teacher being right." Oh. Wow. <laughs> The whole point of the film is putting one scene at the end, and he's like, ah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, if you want to be great, that's what you got to do. And I was like, I don't, please watch the last 10 minutes. He's like, no, I get it. I don't need to. Like, okay, he watched cool. The Sixth Sense, and he was like, he's a sad guy. Okay, well, <laughs> hope he's okay. Uh, man, I hope they catch that Kaiser Soze guy. <laughs> <laughs> also, I like that you guys were, were telling us, please don't spoil stuff without giving a warning. Oh, yeah. We just <laughs> spoiled Mufasa dies. Hey guys, sorry about the spoilers there. Um, but you're listening to a movie pod. That's yeah. we. I think in terms of spoilers, if you you can go back six years, I'll go six years as an arbitrary amount. Yeah, I think that's a fair arbitrary amount. Yeah, you should hold a grudge for six years if someone spoils something for you, mm-hmm. and then you can forgive them. You're allowed to punch them one time in the face. <laughs> also, I don't think you spoiled anything. You said. I hope they catch Kaiser Soze. <laughs> yes, Bruce Willis is sad. Like, oh, yeah, you, that's, you, that's, that's the opposite of spoiler. Yeah, yeah. If you can't get that from the first 10 minutes, like, <laughs> you've done a real good job. Yeah, that's a good point. The and, Titanic sinks. There you go. Uh, I also regret saying Mufasa dies. Yeah. <laughs> but he comes back. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. But we won't, we won't say how. Zombie Mufasa. <laughs> Should we get to our topic? Yeah, let's do it. So the topic today is the best movie to represent America, which is good because you are an America. Uh, I like that uh, we had to discuss should you have to say that <laughs> because of my face. <laughs> Which again, people can't see on a podcast, but they assume. Well, we can explain. Yeah, yeah. You are American with highlights? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I got the Donald Trump tan, but it worked. <laughs> yeah. uh, born and raised in Cal- I will say this. I'm born and raised in California, so there are moments, uh, as we'll get to, where I think this is more of a California opinion than an American opinion. Well, that makes sense. I mean, America's so big that that's why it's great that we can, you know, if you're an American, you don't need to go to New York to know that you'll probably get stabbed because you've seen it in the movies. Yeah, very much. Uh, Which again brings us to our first nominee for the most American film, Home Alone 2, trapped in New York. (laughs) Because it's all about the neglect of children, about how the parents are overworked. Donald Trump's in it, so that feels American, you know? <laughs> he tells a kid to fuck off. That feels pretty... <laughs> if that was made now, he'd put him in a little cage. Yeah, well, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, Which um... you've worked to get people out of them cages, haven't you? Well, no, well, no, no, I was a pro-cage guy. Yeah, again, you know, I'm a pretty complicated human rights lawyer. I was like, listen, don't throw away the cage. I mean, just bring it with them. <laughs> Documented, fine. Undocumented, whoa, whoa. Uh, you, ever cage a, for you. you ever heard of a goodie bag? <laughs> Uh, the cage is just a welcome gift you get for coming into America. What you do with that cage is up to you. I feel, I feel like, uh, and it's the steel's made in America as well, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You know, listen, good American jobs are hard mm. to get. So, <laughs> okay, so we're throwing in as our first nominee, Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Well, actually, I know we raised it as a silly thing, but 
when he goes to Central Park in that, it's yeah. a pretty accurate reflection of what Central Park was like in the 90s, isn't it? A- absolutely. Also, just the fact that our first nominee is a sequel feels uh, incredibly American. <laughs> since yeah. that's, you know, America's where most of the businesses, and that's all they're greenlighting now are sequels and IP-based things. Which is why I'd like a sequel just to this, just to Home Alone 2, with the old man from Home Alone 1, mm-hmm. and he goes out with the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2, and they just start raw-dogging in that homeless stink. <laughs> Uh, for, for once, you're glad the home is alone. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll do it in 3D. <laughs> home Alone 69. <laughs> uh, lost in her junk. All, all we have to demand, though, is that, uh, no, no, keep the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is, again, something Bring we mentioned. Bring the shovel. Off... <laughs> again, the thing we mentioned, again, off that, I said, but I can that laddie on this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I think the first thing we should do is describe two ancillary characters having sex. Hey, old people can have sex, okay? No, they can't. Yeah, yeah I, I scream it out to the streets and on the tube all the time. All right? And uh, of all the couples that I want to see have sex in movies, it's the old guy from Home Alone 1 and the pigeon woman from Home Alone 2. There, I said it. Fine. And having a threesome with the mouse from American Tail. <laughs> Five all goes down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, five, five will go south. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so uh, uh, at this point, I would like to remind my parents not to listen to my podcasts uh, <laughs> if they can help it. Oh no, we need to listen. So if they can download oh, yeah. it, which, <laughs> sorry, sorry. If they can download it and then ask other people to download it as well, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So shall we move on to what would be your next uh, choice? I think a very underrated. This is an incredibly American film. Is The Patriot. <laughs> the Patriot starring Mel Gibson. Australia Mel Gibson. Australia Mel Gibson. In a rewriting of history. 100%. Oh, the, at uh, the minimum, he is three different American heroes <laughs> mushed together. Which, again, is kind of an American thing. We're kind of all about rewriting history. Remember that time Iraq didn't have weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> but we invaded them anyway? It's because we'll rewrite history. <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen The Patriot. Uh, that is... One of the great things about American movies is how much you guys love the flag. Like, yes, there's certain associations with the British flag and the the Union Jack over here that mm-hmm. happened in the 80s. That if you go around waving like or saluting the Union Jack over here, people are like, oh, I think you're going to a rally. <laughs> okay, but that's, it's so true. There is a literal plot point in the movie where he has to wave the flag. Doesn't he stab someone with the... Isn't the big body at the end? He stabs him with the flag. He stabs him with the flag. Isaacs, isn't it? Yes, yeah. He literally forces America through him. <laughs> and listen, it's it's also a very interesting movie from the fact that Mel Gibson starts off with a family and then they all die and then he just starts a new one. Yeah, well, it's trading up, isn't it? Yeah, well... He fledges all like whining in it. Yeah. Like, spoilers for The Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because they set it out as this is going to be like a you know an American mm-hmm. historical romp. You're like oh, okay, so there'll be some sneering villains, and then about maybe forty minutes in, they go, "Oh, and his son dies." Yeah, <laughs> and then later on, it's like, "And his other son dies." Yep. Oh, how does uh, how does his son die? Uh, the second son. Oh, um, he gets really angry after his wife burns to death. <laughs> and you're like, "What's happening in this film?" But I'll tell you this. How, uh, how about this? This is also the film I have seen the most in hotels in other countries. <laughs> like, it's just weirdly a standard, like... Because you take a DVD copy. Yeah, take a DVD copy everywhere, and I go, please, please, <laughs> of Romania, throw away your VHS and upgrade to DVD so I can watch this. The Patriot rewrites history a little bit, though, doesn't it? Like, 
the best American films rewrite history. I uh, I liked how <clears throat> Pearl Harbor when that was made is considered like a national scar, like it's something that yeah. everybody. Yeah, hundred percent. But the actual film is like, and then we get revenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like we need to make sure that like, if if Michael Bay had made Titanic, it would have been like, and then we bomb the iceberg. Let's go get it, guys. <laughs> And you know what? I'd watch the hell out of that movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah. yeah Titanic 2. <laughs> Global warming. And you'd have, like, some soft uh, ecologist who's like, but the iceberg's just protecting its babies. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like, no, fuck you, iceberg, and fuck your baby. Yeah, as I said, even in real life, there's nothing more American than rewriting history. Andrew uh, Jackson became president because of his victory at the Battle of New Orleans, which, just to remind everyone, is a battle that happened after the war was over. <laughs> And he just was like, well, we're already here. I feel like we should conquer New Orleans out of the way. And then he did. And everyone was like... Just opened a few doors and was like, well, this is ours now. So. Yeah, exactly. That's another great trope of like proper American films is the, the British villain. Oh, 100%. You know? we, we love a British villain so much, all of our Nazis have that accent. <laughs> you bloody Americans coming here to Berlin, I'll tell you that now. Why, that's not all right. My name's Adolf Hitler. Oh my God, Hitler! What are you doing <laughs> on the podcast? How did you get? It? <laughs> Hello, Aryan Mary Poppins. <laughs> God, who's your favorite English villain then from uh, from an American movie? Man, so oh, there's so many to choose from. Uh, I think Jason Isaacs in The Patriot is it has to be He's up good. there. Um, uh, Jason Statham in the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, it's not bad. Especially because he becomes a good guy. He becomes a good guy in Hobbs okay, and Shaw. More spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's um, so <clears throat> spoilers for a movie that hasn't come out yet. Whoa. In the upcoming Fast and Furious film trailer. So the thing is, <laughs> let's get into it. This is going to be a Fast and Furious heavy podcast. Isn't it, listen, it? they're the most American films ever. <laughs> uh, w- without a doubt, they're the most American films ever. The whole franchise. The whole franchise, specifically Fast Seven, I would argue is the most American. Uh, because at the end of it, um, uh, spoilers, uh, Paul Walker in real life uh, has passed away. Oh, it's Fast 7. That's the that's the one where they drive away at the end. And I looked around and everyone in my theater was crying. I was crying. I yeah. cried. And people in England were sad, which like we, when the Queen died, we were like, oh, bloody hell no. <laughs> but, you guys queued up for Paul Walker too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys did it the Fast and Furious way, which is in your car. Well, we queued up a quarter mile of a time. <laughs> Like you would have wanted. Ah, that's excellent. <laughs> Everyone go watch all those movies so you understand Jamie's reference. Yeah. I love Paul Walker, actually. I'll, yeah. Like, uh, have you seen Eight Below? No, no, no. I've heard great things. Fantastic Paul Walker film. But we'll get, we'll get back onto uh, Fast 7. That's after Paul Walker had died in a car crash. Right, yeah. And luckily, technology allows us to have Paul Walker in these movies. His we, brother had to come in and they had to film scenes where they CGI'd Paul Walker's face onto his yeah. brother's body. Which is weird because his brother's black. <laughs> yeah. But again, listen, as long as they're family in these yeah. movies, it works. Yeah. Do you mean family? Family. <laughs> I don't got friends. I got family. I'm glad they uh, they didn't, like, at the end of that, it was like, now he's gone off to be a family man. <laughs> and they didn't carry on CGI-ing him into the other movies. Oh, 100%. But it, it still gets very awkward in the other movies where they're like, hey, someone's finally here and it just you just see his car pull up into the driveway yeah. and opens the door and then the movie ends and like a pair of crocs come out the side yeah. <laughs> but also especially because in those movies like in the most recent one john cena is revealed to be vin diesel's brother which by the way of course kudos to his dad for having such mixed choices <laughs> in women that he would sleep with that somehow jordana brewster <laughs> um vin diesel uh uh and this wrestler 
this gigantic who is a cube who is like a, a human cube he's a character from minecraft <laughs> but again so is vin diesel that's how much more of a cube this guy is uh, uh, but it, these are, are extremely american movies the more you watch them because the plot makes no sense uh, the, uh, uh, it, it's incredible cgi uh, everyone's having a blast there's a surprising amount of minorities in this film i was about to say representation's yeah. pretty high on that representation's pretty good and yet it ultimately means nothing cuz vin diesel saves the day <laughs> uh, it, it, in every way and also in the strangest way each and every movie has topped itself whether or not you think it's better or not you still like they just keep bringing in talent it's like the most american mm. thing of like this isn't a flawed franchise we just brought in charlize theron helen mirren helen is in mirren. these films and she is having a blast the entire time yeah. the most underrated part about these films is how much the side characters who are only for 10 minutes mm. feel like they're having a great time jason momoa is in the new one and he looks the entire time like he's like I'm in this movie because I want to have a fun fucking time. And I hate to do an Aquaman too. <laughs> <laughs> a, a fun fact, he was supposed to be in Hobbs and Shaw. And he was supposed to play The Rock's brother. But uh, it, in the end, he he decided, uh, I think he had like cancer. Oh, he, had, nice. he had to go to some treatment. Jason Momoa. And now he's fine. And so now he's in a new uh, Fast and Furious instead. If you're going to pick someone to fight cancer, it's going to be Jason Momoa. 100%. Yeah, I don't think that cancer had a chance. Um, oh, do you know uh, while we're talking about the Fast and Furious movies? Have you heard about the point-based contract that the main players have in that? Oh, that they, they can't lose a fight. The, the Rock and Vin Diesel, this is why they fell out, because they're both childish, I think. But they have a contract when they start the movie that says they can't be seen to lose a fight. Mm-hmm. And they've got people working out a point-based system when they fight to make sure that it's even at the end. So if someone head, if you watch the films that The Rock and Vin Diesel are in together now, if someone headbutts someone in one fight, they will get headbutted in another. If someone pushes someone for a wall, then they have to be pushed for a wall, yep. which absolutely ruins any level of creativity. <laughs> if you're like, well, you jumped on my helicopter and pushed my wife out, so I guess in 20 minutes... Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to reverse that. <laughs> or what? What is a point system that adds up to pushing a wife out of a helicopter? Five, at least five. Come on. Oh. Uh, because the point-based system is why, in Fast Seven, when Vin Diesel finds Jason Statham, and Jason Statham not in a car, Vin Diesel in a car. What should he do? He should hit Jason Statham with his car. What does he do instead? He gets out of his car, pulls out a wrench, and tries to fight Jason Statham, <laughs> who has a gun. <laughs> I do like the ridiculousness of um, the Fast movies. And yes. I, I think that you could see that as a metaphor for America of like, you're not yes. going to, surely you're not going to do this. And America goes, yeah, we are. And it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. The fundamental way to represent America, you have to have ridiculousness in the movie. That's why my next nominee uh, heightens it even more. Rocky Four, a movie where... Sylvester Stallone ends the Cold War. Uh, we can stop the podcast now. That's that's got to be it. That's <laughs> it's such a great metaphor for like the American spirit and the belief um, that he's already seen Ivan Drago, the, aka all of Russia, <laughs> kill his friend. Yep. Who looking at one and two and this secret fighting three, Rocky and Apollo are like on a level. Mm-hmm. So you know this guy is serious. He's angry. He's rushing, he's doing steroids that nobody's checking for some reason. Nobody, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's clearly doping. In that movie, you watch it, he's clearly prepping to invade Ukraine the whole time. <laughs> That's what happened. That's why they did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, well, one of the great uh, messages of Rocky Four is if you're going through trauma, 
let's say your friend has died because of you because you didn't throw the towel in mm-hmm. the best thing to do violence so let's get some violence <laughs> on the go that, that also is so American too that most of his anguish it's not because Drago killed his friend it's that if he had only thrown the towel yeah. <laughs> he could have saved him uh, but that's the thing there's, there's such a joy I mean literally people have actually tried to write papers on the fact that maybe the effect of Rocky Four that it was so popular that maybe it had something to do with what ended the Cold War which no it didn't <laughs> Like it does have a slightly more like nuanced take on it, though, doesn't it? Because like the speech he gives at the end isn't like the kind of rah rah American one you'd expect. It's slightly more. Maybe if if I could change, and you could change, maybe we can all change. I believe it was if I could change, <laughs> and you can change, maybe we could go to the moon together. <laughs> was that Morgan Freeman? Yes, it was. Yeah, Rocky Balboa had been hit in the head so many times <laughs> he had forgotten his wife's name. At the end of the day, Rocky Balboa just missed his friend. <laughs> that was more like JFK. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you guys heard my Nazi. I can't do impressions. <laughs> the whole Rocky series actually is um, is an impressive franchise, and I like that when you when you get to the later Creed movies, you find out that after Rocky fought, when Apollo died. Rocky never called Apollo's wife again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not even to be like, I beat him. Well, he does send that postcard where he goes, I was actually more Apollo's friend. <laughs> just says BRB when he's going <laughs> yeah. to watch it. Uh, uh, that's why I'm excited for the new uh, the new Creed, though. That's coming out uh, where he's going up against the villain from the Marvel movies. It's the, well, isn't it the cousin of the of Mr. T on his uh, yeah, yeah. father's side <laughs> twice removed <laughs> like I want revenge for something I uh, don't actually, know actually no I believe it's uh, Black Drago <laughs> <laughs> if I can change you can change but then I changed and you didn't <laughs> like that would be such a great post to just this time it's Black Drago <laughs> <laughs> he really listened to Rocky and he changed you know <laughs> the new Creed 4 will be uh, him going up against the Chinese Ivan Drago <laughs> oh god it's gonna be isn't yeah, it you know if I can change you can change but unfortunately in order to promote the film your trainer is Jackie Chan <laughs> and this film was not allowed to be released in China <laughs> yeah yeah China has no idea they're like because we had two guys holding hands at the start but if that's true then you know America's gonna buckle too and that's why it's like if I can change you can change the guy's like but I'm Taiwanese like, <laughs> this doesn't even apply to me I just like to see like the alternate ending where like you know obviously Rocky gets knocked down at some point and then gets back up but it's like it just ends like 20 minutes early just he gets down and he's like yeah there we go cool China wins again go China <laughs> oh yeah there, there'll be one of them cards that come up the saying and then Rocky died on the way to the airport <laughs> now, this is a movie no one has seen but I think arguably is one of the most American uh, movies ever it's called Forbidden Kingdom now Forbidden Kingdom is famous because it's like the first big movie that Jackie Chan stars in with Jet Li yeah yeah I remember when that came out I have not watched it neither is the protagonist the protagonist is a 16 year old from Boston who by the way cannot do the Boston accent why <laughs> <Oi>, governor <laughs> fuck me Jackie Chan <laughs> I parked the car in Harvard Yard and now I'm gonna kick your ass <laughs> In some ways, there's nothing more American than a random white kid who just likes kung fu movies getting transported to meet his two biggest heroes. Uh, both of whom clearly do not want to be in the movie. It's made extremely clear. Um, Is it a time travel jobby? Uh, sort of, yeah. He gets transported back in time. Jackie Chan, by the way, shows up at the end. Here's a spoiler. Uh, and he's the same character from when he time traveled. He's just still alive. 
<laughs> He's got so much arthritis. Yeah, a little bit. There's a, kind of a joke where he gets shot. Um, he goes, you okay? And he goes, of course I'm okay. I'm immortal. <laughs> and then the movie ends. And you think that that represents America? <laughs> a little bit. You know, two, two guest stars who are a little bit past their prime, you know, getting paid an exorbitant amount of money. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Or just an American going somewhere that they don't understand <laughs> yeah. and blundering around. Do, and doing it just to help a white kid who uh, has no, you know, who's not earned this spot by merit, you know? <laughs> Do you know what I love about American films is, and I don't know how often this actually happens, is everyone either lives in, like, unbelievable poverty. Like, there's a hole in the side of your building yeah. and people have driven crack through there. Like, actual crack cocaine mm -hmm. has driven this car through. <laughs> or it is the nicest houses in the world. Is that an accurate representation of America for you, do you think? Like a really, really nice big house? Does everyone have a big house? So Can yeah. I come to your big house? Uh, for, of course, you're always invited. Um, uh, and, but but I, here's the thing. In the 80s and 90s, I think Americans believed that that was the majority of America. And even now, I think most Americans, since no one really watches new movies, uh, unless they're like whatever big three of those movies come out each year, uh, I bet Americans still believe that most people live in a nice suburb. So that's, I guess that's a big part of the American dream is to, because a major difference I think between the Brits and the Americans is we see someone with some, someone with something nice and we're like, oh, fuck that guy. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the time in America, it's like, I could have that. Yeah. If, I, if I keep working hard and don't question what my government's up to, I could have that. One great thing about America that you can't have in the UK because of the size is a great road trip movie like if you have a road trip movie in the uk you're going from like birmingham to newcastle in a day i do love it the the, the uk road trip movie the 20 minute episode <laughs> <laughs> is she someone who's missed the train or got cancelled the best road trip film might be i think it has to be chevy chase's family vacation i I've, i just feel like that's a classic i have so many friends like watch it every christmas not even the uh, the national lampoon's christmas right they watch family vacation instead because uh, people like it my, well, my favorite one, I think, is Thelma and Louise, just because uh, all my favorite films, everyone dies at the end. Um, <laughs> that's why I like to imagine, I know we talked about this before, but I like to think that in Greece, when that car goes up, it hits like a plane that's flying in the sky. <laughs> yeah, E.T. doesn't make it home. Yeah. <laughs> when E.T. gets into that yeah. ship, they were like, you fucking idiot, we told you, <laughs> be at the thing at nine. And then they beat him with like pool balls and socks. Mm -hmm. In your version of the movie, uh, Simba beats uh, Scar just in time to get Ebola. <laughs> It's bird flu. Everyone gets bird yeah. flu in there. Aladdin, he falls out the tower. He falls out the tower. It is what falls it is. Falls out the tower. You know, you know what would have kept him on a tower? Sleeves. <laughs> the carpet is like underneath him. was like, I'm sick of your shit. <laughs> I think road trip films are... Uh, it really is helped by the fact that this America is freaking huge. The only way the UK could ever have anything equivalent to American road trip films was if Romania and the UK were one country. And you just had to go from one to another. And Ben was saying something about that on his blog about how it feels like it now. <laughs> um, uh, have you got any more that you want to throw up into? Uh, do you want to throw up? I want to throw up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, what's your favorite vomit film? Uh, <laughs> Team America. Well, Team America. That's a great one. Great vomit. Scene. That's a great one. That's a great one. I have to say, Knocked Up. Technically Ooh, a vomit film, man. you know. Also, just a solid film. Oh. Would you Would you put Judd Apatow movies as American? They almost feel like their own thing. Yeah, I think that they're a bit too smug to really be American. Yeah, it's know. like this isn't America. This is this is what the life of a whiny hipster is. Yeah, but a likable whiny hipster. But this is what someone who has only ever lived in LA and gone to like <laughs> yeah. comedy clubs and not been allowed on stage 
feels America is like, there's no way that there's a 40-year-old man who's got a job yeah. who's not had sex. I love watching Judd Apatow's stand-up only because, one, I want to part in his films, but second, because um, uh, he just name drops in ways where you're like, you have to know that has nothing to do with the bit you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, oh, man, oh, I was on a set of this film, right, and I was talking to Seth Rogen. You ever notice when coffee is hot? I'm like, you have to know the first 30 seconds are not usable. There I was, taking a shit. Mahatma Gandhi was next to me. <laughs> <laughs> or as you guys call him, Ben Kingsley. <laughs> Like a huge uh, movie for me growing up was Remember the Titans. I think that is one of the most underrated sports movies of all time. But uh, we, we were talking about the fact that I think a lot of Americans, especially <clears throat> white Americans, I don't know why I have to cough for that, they would say Miracle, which is also based on a true story. And again, it's another, uh, it's like, like Rocky IV. In fact, I would say more than Rocky IV, a story of Americans beating Russians. So I. Uh, I don't think Miracle is as popular as it is in America. What's Miracle about? Uh, Miracle is about the uh, uh, Miracle on Ice uh, game where the U.S. men's hockey team uh, was able to beat the Russian hockey team despite the Russian hockey team being considered slightly better. So it was Miracle based on a true story? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, if anything, the movie's been criticized for not changing very much. Because Russia won in the real life story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing. They get criticized because they're like, yeah, it kind of just was like a point-by-point point, um, thing of what happened. Unlike an equally good hockey film, in my opinion, that also beats a huge European superpower, Mighty Ducks 2. Yes! When now the we're young underdog, America, finally beats evil, evil Iceland. Do you know what? <laughs> my, 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 hey, fuck you, Iceland. Yeah. Uh, Mighty Ducks 2 is great for representing America because they build on what is originally there and then they bring in new things to enhance it like the Bash Brothers is it the Bash Brothers? yes the Bash Brothers yeah that's that is America for me things are okay here mm -hmm. but let's just bring in stuff from outside make it better <laughs> there's a guy with a lasso yeah there's a, a, a we, we Mighty Ducks 2 of course has Keenan Thompson showing up with the knuckle puck say, yeah. Keenan Tom Thompson shows up he'd already done five years on SNL at that point <laughs> I think <laughs> Uh, yeah, he does all of his hit characters. <laughs> yeah, Emilio Estevez is still drink driving in it, I think. His character, <laughs> isn't it something like, I'll leave the Mighty Ducks once I'm sober again, and then years down the line, he's like, oh, I can just not stop drinking. It, 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 it's just revealed that the players keep adding booze to everything <laughs> he has because they want to keep him as a coach. I just enjoy that at some point, I feel like they were discussing which country has to come from. And it's like, well, it's got to be Iceland. That's a land of ice. Of course, they're going to be amazing at hockey. <laughs> like, there's, they're unbeatable. That must be. It doesn't matter. It's only like 300,000 people. Fuck it. Iceland. No, you know what I think is sadder is I think they absolutely were more like this. It needs to be a country that reads evil, but not so evil that Gordon Bombay can't try to sleep with their coach. Oh, well, that's good because originally it was going to be one of the kids. <laughs> also, now that I'm saying it, I can't remember if it was one of the kids I'm and, uh, having a love interest or Gordon Bombay. I might be thinking of the third one where they go to the academy. And oh, the, yeah. the whole point of the third one is very anti-dramatic where they're like, defense is more important <laughs> than scoring. And everyone's like, no, that's not American. <laughs> you want us to defend? No, we'll wait till we're hit and then we'll attack. Well, it's because at the time, all the American sports teams that were winning were all defense first. Uh, so uh, you had 90s basketball and they had 90s football and it was all these elite defenses leading the way to champ so defense wins championships and they're like you know what shouldn't we put this in the Mighty Ducks <laughs> <laughs> plus you know the 90s it's your were cousin Jeff Mighty Ducks <laughs> you know that new film you're thinking about uh, uh, apparently they have uh, there's a show now that's uh, keeping the show going yeah isn't it bad I heard, I heard it's, I've never seen it yeah 
So we're not. This is a, this isn't a TV podcast. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about these no, TV shut shows. Shut the fuck up, Sid. We're not doing TV stuff. Listen, just let's just talk about the wire just for like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, la 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 la. Oh, la la la. Oh yes, of course. Uh, another great movie. Very much very American. Very la la. Because <laughs> it's about how people sometimes will just leave their car in the middle of the road and start singing. Uh, which again, uh, I liked the first time when it was called Bollywood. You know what I mean. <laughs> What's the best movie that represents India, I would say, La La Land? <laughs> I'd only be able to say RRR because it's the only Indian film I've watched. Oh, you're missing out. you got to watch Lagan. I you, don't have to do anything. Speaking of sports movies, yes, you do. <laughs> oh, Lagan, actually. I've heard, I've heard of that. There we go. They got nominated for the Academy Award. Um, Did it win? It lost a force. Go. Oh, well, I'm not watching it. wasn't then. even the same year. <laughs> It so, came out like seven years later, but they were like, the Forrest Gump is just so good. It's going to win for Best Foreign Film this year. So, Sid, we've listed quite a few films there for our audiences to watch. Yeah, a lot of great movies and also Forbidden Kingdom. <laughs> but what for you would be the number one film to uh, accurately represent America? Listen, I think this movie, in so many ways, is the ultimate American movie, especially based on the criteria I've already listed. It's a sequel. The first one also made a ton of money. It was a huge blockbuster. All right? Okay, it's Adam Sandler's Grown Ups too. Uh, Jack it? and Jill. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, it's, it's a movie that also doesn't just rewrite history. It sort of rewrites the present in a way that's uh, um, uh, unique and really grounded pushing for American history being rewritten. Oh, okay. It features an aging star past his prime and yet, based on his performance in this movie, maybe creating a new prime altogether? <laughs> it's... Of course, Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Oh, yes, fantastic. I watched this last week for like the third time. Yep. I love Top Gun Maverick. You know how America uh, saved the world in each of these World War Wars that we've had? Um, like Independence Day? Independence Day. Another, oh, that's a movie we forgot as well. A super <laughs> American movie, literally named after. It's a movie whose goal at some point seems to be Independence Day is not just for America. <laughs> It's for all of us now. <laughs> However, as amazing as Independence Day is, it's sullied a little bit by its sequel. I mm. just couldn't live up to it. Whereas this movie is a sequel that tops the first one by so much. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is a movie that also serves, and this is, I think, quintessentially American, as a legitimate commercial for the U.S. military. Legitimately, the plane you see... Uh, Tom Cruise pilot at the start of the film is a plane they are trying to sell to the US military and after this movie came out the US military bought it we won yes, yes. <laughs> uh, which again that's why I said Americans we won all the world of movies this movie saved the movie industry oh Top Gun Maverick's a great choice and uh, uh, if you haven't seen it I'd recommend it because I personally don't like the first Top Gun because I think it is it's propaganda without kind of what was needed in there. I mean, Val Kilmer's great in it. But that's the magic of this movie. This movie also very clearly is propaganda, but it can't decide against who. Yeah, at no point does it tell you, nope. this is the country that we're going up against. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the deleted scenes, you find out it is Iceland. <laughs> but... <laughs> and again, in that way, does not remain timeless. Can we watch this movie in 30 years? We're like, we're still at war with them, I heard. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's unashamedly, like, there's a country here, but we want to sell this film to every country. So all the villains have, like, black visors. 
100%. you won't be able to tell what it is to, topographically yeah that's a word no because they have the, the, the <laughs> topography of this film has literally everything in it like at a certain point they are flying over trees there's snow there's huge mountains there seems to be a little bit of desert in this uh... the Bengal tiger gives it away <laughs> I didn't even know they could pilot a plane <laughs> but you know what freaking nails it you know what I mean the yeah. CGI in this movie is impeccable but also the weirdest thing the most impressive thing about this movie perhaps is the fact that there actually isn't that much CGI in it those planes flew and they shot those scenes yeah they put all them actors in a plane and they were like you're gonna feel <laughs> sick you're gonna have all these G's working against you and you're gonna be working with Tom Cruise yeah, so the, do it the deleted scenes when a lot of extra pilots just fell straight into the ground oh so many guys yeah so bad <laughs> and then they realised we should have a pilot in the plane and not just two actors <laughs> Do you know what is great about Top Gun Maverick though is the the whole the dream of America of coming along and saving the day. When you think that Top Gun Maverick came out post COVID and Tenet was meant to be the film that saved the day, mm-hmm. and everyone saw it and was like, "Oh, this is garbled mess from someone who I think had long COVID before <laughs> they made this film." Yeah. And then Top Gun Maverick, the most American film you can think of probably the last ten years saved cinemas it came out and saved <laughs> cinemas and not just in America across the world people went out to watch it older yep. demographic who had a bit more money and people were more comfortable going to right. the cinema 100%. because Tom Cruise saved the world from COVID uh, 100% though that Top Gun uh, Top Gun 2 the toppest of the guns uh, <laughs> this time it's a Top Gun <laughs> <laughs> but I mean literally there's like a sex scene that uh, Tom Cruise almost has there was a thing about maybe America isn't comfortable seeing Tom Cruise have sex anymore because uh-huh, he doesn't really? he, he's not sexy in his films because everyone's like he's getting on uh, which... Tom Cruise this is true during the filming of this movie was 97 years old mm. yeah yeah he's <laughs> he been actually, around for a long time doesn't he use the metal from his hip to replace one of the planes yeah, at yeah. One point? Oh, so clutch yeah. it's, it's the ultimate <laughs> sacrifice <laughs> But then he just grows more metal back, and it's like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Why is, why is that happening? It comes off his face. Yeah. Ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, it's a real Terminator 2 scene, you know, where the liquid metal reformed itself. I'm doing this for America. <laughs> yeah, Top Gun's last, uh, uh, or Tom Cruise's last uh, quote in that movie, I don't even remember this. He goes, I guess I was the plane the whole time. <laughs> I thought it was, uh, this film is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen of Afghanistan. <laughs> Which again, you could argue, should have been in the running for most American movies. And would be a slightly less controversial religious take from Tom Cruise for once. <laughs> right, just for context, that because that is an insane thing. Rambo 3, the end of Rambo 3, it comes up, this is dedicated to the Mujahideen. <laughs> but what what film would you add that title card to? Ooh, Home uh, Alone 2. Home Alone 2, definitely. Well, uh, probably Home Alone 69, the movie we made up earlier, if it gets to be here. That's so. what stops the Cold War in Afghanistan. <laughs> When the Russians are in Afghanistan, then they like, look, if this old guy and this old pigeon lady can fuck, maybe we can fuck. <laughs> okay, so at the end of every pod, we play a little character game. So I'm going to give you uh, different situations for mm-hmm. your favorite actor or actress to help you out in, and you just answer, but you can't reuse a character. Do you understand that, Sid? I do. This is why I couldn't use my number one character. James Spader and everything <laughs> because I would use him in Boston Legal God I love James Spader oh so good we should do a special James Spader episode but for now uh, which actor or actress have you chosen I'll have to go with Harrison Ford ooh that's a biggie yeah yeah uh, I guess uh, most of them are going to be witness <laughs> <laughs> so, so number one 
Right, which Harrison Ford character would be best to help you rob a bank? Ooh, okay. Now, there's a lot of choices here, but you have to go with Indiana Jones. You have to go with Indiana Jones because he literally, his whole thing is robbing stuff, you know? If you just tell him, like, oh, there's, like, a, a sacred <laughs> idol in that yeah. boat back there, and the indigenous people definitely want it, he'd be like, well, <laughs> guess what? We're getting our hands yeah. on that, baby. <laughs> Listen, Indy, this is perfect. You have to get into that vault. There's no boulder afterwards. <laughs> like, this is awesome. I can't wait. All right, so that's that. I mean, that's a biggie ticked off as biggie well. Biggie ticked off, yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, looking thing about Harrison Ford is they just have so many to choose from. <laughs> Which um which Harrison Ford character do you think would be best to help you hack into the FBI mainframe? Man, Indiana Jones with glasses on. No. Um, okay, how about this? You know, I'm gonna take off another big one. I feel like I'm using up all the big ones a little bit early, but I'd have to say Han Solo, uh, because then when he doesn't uh, do it correctly, he'll just blast it and go boring conversation anyway. <laughs> Uh, he was also the president in Air Force One, so he could have just asked them to do it. Well, that's what I'm saving, I'm saving that one. I was saving that one. Yeah, first. yeah, save that one. Save not the space pirate. He's yeah. also the head of the CIA in the Jack Ryan movies, isn't he? Or he's high up in the CIA in uh, Clear and Present Danger. But no, you go with Han Solo. I'm sticking with my answers. Thank you. Uh... Okay, then. Uh, which Harrison Ford character do you think would be best to fake laugh at your jokes? Oh, this is easy. This made this will be the one that made me feel the best. That would be the owner of the Brooklyn Dodgers, which he plays <laughs> in the movie Forty Two. Oh, he thinks I'm hilarious, and he thinks Jack uh, uh, Jackie Robinson deserves a chance. Pretty fucking cool. Next question. Uh, I, I can just do it because we've been told at this point that people do play along to this game. Oh yeah, and they like try to guess. <laughs> at no point is anybody gonna go. Oh yeah, Harrison Ford's character in Forty Two. <laughs> his name was Forty Two in it, wasn't it? AKA Deep Cut, baby. <laughs> All right, and, and finally, Sid, uh, which Harrison Ford character would you get help you to clean the house because your mum is coming back early? <sighs> Pass. <No. laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, right, I got to clean the house. The the mom's coming early. Uh, it's probably the guy who cleaned up the plane. In Air Force One, oh. I'm going for the president. And if my mom goes, "This house ain't clean enough," I'm like, "Oh, you just mad because you didn't vote for him." Because <laughs> when she comes to the door, if he's still there, he can do the Harrison Ford finger. Yeah, yeah. get out of my damn house. <laughs> oh, another wait, oh, wait. Sorry, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I was wrong. It can't be the president from Air Force One. It has to be Harrison Ford's character in Expendables Three, <laughs> because of course he has so many friends to help us clean it up. <laughs> just shoot the dead. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. Have you got anything to plug before you leave us? Yes, I'd of course like to plug Harrison Ford's best movie, K-19, The Widowmaker, <laughs> a movie I have never seen. Liam Neeson's in that. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. well. He plays his widow. Okay, but have you seen Extraordinary Measures? Yes, I have with Brendan Fraser. Yes. Yeah, I the I've seen every movie, I don't care. <laughs> uh, for real, though, uh, do you have anything to plug? This will go out next week. Sure. Uh, if you're in the UK, you can follow me at Mr. Sid Singh on uh, to a Twitter. <laughs> and they can only follow you if they're in the UK. That's oh, the way, yeah, right? The 100%, 100%. It's geolocked. If you're in Iceland, uh, you can go fuck yourself. We've established that. 100%. I've said this many times. Uh, at looking for Sid on Instagram. <laughs> looking for Sid. Sounds like such a sad... <laughs> Like rom-com name. Uh, it's a movie Harrison Ford wouldn't be caught dead in. Just <laughs> Ice like... Age 5. Looking for Sid. <laughs> <laughs>
But however, if you are in Vienna and you're listening to this, first of all, you're a Hubert's mom. <laughs> but, but second, you can see me at Spectacle April 24th. If you're in Amsterdam, you can see me performing uh, at Studio K on the 17th of April. I'll be filming my special on both days, so please come. There we go. Thank you for that voice. Oh, yeah. It's sing podcast. Okay. Uh, have a great week, mate. Bye-bye. So Can you cancel someone who has nothing?